Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. Today we're going to be discussing our top five favorite soundtracks for movies. As always, I got the DAWG here with me. What's going on? Hey, yo, what's going on now? And I know we say this at the top of every single podcast, but this podcast really was the most fun to research. Uh, yeah. When we we're looking through, just going, taking a walk down memory lane and just looking at every single soundtrack, like I could almost picture like where I was when I bought these soundtracks, listened to them for the first time. And then of course, all week I've just been listening to music from the nineties and all my favorite movies that, that went along with that. It has definitely been a week of nostalgia. I mean, me and Maddie have just been stumbling across like old compilation stuff. I mean, cause it being albums uh, for movies, they're mostly compilations of different artists and stuff. Um, and, uh, not usually just one artist, uh, but it's just been a blast. Like, and I've been playing along musically with my guitar, um, and you know, in everything, you know, all my instruments. So it's just been kind of a, a fun yeah. rabbit hole to go down. We've, we've been on FaceTime like probably record amounts of times, and Tim's like, "Hey, listen to this on your on my guitar," and I get to listen, and I get to basically shoot songs at Tim so he can just play them and. Um, in fact, we kind of kind of came up with a little bit of a side project that you might hear at the end of this. Um, we just because there's so much stuff out there uh, for for music and movies and soundtracks. I think we're, what we're going to decide to do, rather than just go wicked long today, is split this up into two parts. Um, so after this one, we'll probably have another one down the line. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but dog, just how fun has this week been? It's been fun, but it, it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, again, musically, it's been just like super involved because you start to say at the end, we're gonna, I uh, put together a little bit of a medley uh, that I think we're going to play at the end there. Yeah. Uh, of, you know, just some of our songs, some songs that are on our top list or uh, just some of the ones that I've uh, just had to, you know, just had to play. Just most of them are simple, I mean, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. And you might hear some of my my songs or skip my songs my renditions of songs throughout the podcast in the, in the background uh but i just like i had so much fun and honestly if my content is less substantive it's because i was just playing guitar most of the time <laughs> well I'm, i haven't i haven't heard it yet and so i can't wait to hear it myself uh so um just to give everyone who's listening a little bit of more background we both came up with our top five soundtracks for movies so that Dog could kind of prepare this. He has mine, so the surprise element for him won't, probably won't be here. Um, but I have not heard his. Um, so just like within our normal format, we're just going to go back and forth and kind of go five to one with our favorite soundtracks. We're going to implement a two-minute um, uh, sign sound or a two-minute timer so that everyone... Uh, you know, so we can kind of keep it relatively short so we can save, save time for later to talk other soundtracks, um, topics. Um, so let me just set up the timer. Dog, any last final thoughts before we get into our lists? No, no, I'm excited. All right. Why don't you go first this time? Um, again, when you hear the ding, that's when we're going to move on to the next pick. Um, and then at the end, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, just the not necessarily the history, but just kind of riff on a little bit of our lists and, and more and more songs and song soundtracks that were out there that meant a lot to us. 
So yeah, without further ado, give me hit me with your fifth. Number five is the Wedding Singer with uh, Adam Sandler. Yes. Uh, Awesome, awesome movie. Uh, great soundtrack to match it. Uh, so as a kid, as a 90s kid, I wasn't into 80s music. I really didn't understand it. And it was just kind of like, you know, in the early 90s, it's like, oh, the 80s is so, it's like a pair of husbands. But anyways, uh, this was kind of like an accessible way for me to to get into some of the, these 80s classics, these bangers, you know, Billy Idol. Uh, you know, it had everything from like rappers delight to you know David Bowie to China Girl. This was also my introduction, one of my introductions to David Bowie, which is in my life a really big deal. Yeah. Um, but you know, just the way that he, it, it was essentially you know a, an opportunity for Adam Sandler to just sing his favorite 80s yes. songs. But uh, but the soundtrack allowed me to to really kind of understand the 80s a bit better, and obviously. You know, it's a hilarious movie. So I think that it's, I think one of his top, top three, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Is that, that's not crazy right after Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I mean, we could do it in a whole other Adam Sandler pockets. But I, your point about it, it's just Adam Sandler coming up with ideas. Like, hey, I want to put a wig on and I want to sing 80s music. Can anyone fund this? I mean, also the introduction to, like, uh, Boy George in, like, the Culture Club. Like, just yeah. all that ridiculousness of the 80s. He made fun of it, but also, like, I got into, like, I had to know what Flock of Seagulls was after that scene in the airport when he's, like, the guy, the the, the flight attendant or whatever uh, has the has the haircut. Anyways, but it was, it was a great introduction and actually got me to understand 80s music. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and actually, there's a couple of decent, like, there's like one or two decent original songs that are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Somebody kill me, please. Call <laughs> oh, my name. Baby, baby, kill me. And then, like, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Um, uh, who, there's the guy who's behind the curtain. Oh, John uh, Lovitz. John Lovitz. John Lovitz, he yeah. Is, he goes, he's losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. I know. It's so <laughs> funny. I use that gif all the time, just like the curtain just going across his creepy face. But I, I love it. It was, de- it was. I mean, we're going to get to honorable mentions, but it was definitely one of my honorable mentions. So, What, what was your five? My five? I don't know if you heard the timer just went off, but I'll start the two minutes here. My five, was, or my fifth, was uh, the soundtrack from Collateral, the movie oh. starring Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Um, for really one song in particular, there's this scene where they're, it's, uh, shit has hit the fan and they're going down like Rodeo Drive or some, somewhere in LA and all of a sudden this coyote just kind of goes in front of Jamie Foxx's cab and he kind of has a moment with the coyote and then just goes crazy after that, just gets in a car wreck and in the background it's audio slave shadow of the sun and I just think it's in a movie it's one of the coolest placed songs once upon a time I was on the mind to lay your burden down leave you where you stood you believe that could you'd seen it Before I couldn't read your thoughts 
Ready, Steady, Go. That's the song that's playing in the background when they're having like that fight in. Oh my god! Yeah, in, so in the nightclub. We we watched that scene earlier. Oh man, it's it's fast and the music is perfect. Yeah. And, like uh, I, I figured out a little like on the acoustic. Hopefully we can play in the background. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's fast paced and the gunshots are loud, like Tom. Oh Cruise. yes. Tom Cruise in that movie that I was talking again with Matt earlier, that could be my favorite role in this. Yeah, it's like one of the only times he's played a bad guy, or at least the first one of the first times he's played a bad guy. And uh, the music in that scene in particular, there's a million people in the club and it's just fast paced. People are getting shot all over the place and Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx are kind of like navigating the crowd and keeping cool. So I thought that was cool. And there's also like a little bit of Miles Davis on that soundtrack too, which I'm not a huge guy. He's more of your guy, but I thought that it was yeah. a good eclectic mix for, for soundtracks. He was one of, I mean, he was, I was given a CD by dad. Uh, and I just, you know, just cause I, I want to understand most all music. I never quite got into it, but, but yeah, the, 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 the fact that he had that blues understanding background gave his, his character like definitely that, that like deeper con, like, uh, the depth, you know, uh, for so, sure. All right, really cool. but I was so ex- dude. When you, I gotta say, when Phil said that pick and reminded me of the song "Shadow on the Sun," I literally was like, "Woo!" And got <laughs> up and just like, I was it's, like, "Maddie, turn off the song. I gotta play this because it's one of my favorite audio slave songs." I think I, I think it is my favorite. It's I, I think the movie has something to do with it because it just reminds me of that scene and it just rocks. The the, the song itself. Oh. Self it rocks. That and that got us into an audio slave kick. We listen to all audio slave stuff for like for the next like a couple hours, and I hadn't listened to it in so long. It's just like oh, so much fun. All right, timer is off. So why don't you go to your number four? Sorry, we got to get on this two minute thing. Okay, number four <laughs> is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number one. Oh, all right, volume one. Okay, I, I, I absolutely had a blast watching it. It starts at the openings. Uh, well, the first time you see Peter Quill going into the caves, he's listening, or puts on his headphones and Redbone, come and get your love. And it's just like, uh, it's just, such, it, it sets the tone for the movie. So much fun. Um, I know it's kind of a sellout one, but I, I, it's got everything from no. Jackson 5, I Want You Back at the end there with, with the baby group dancing. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of a sucker. But the, the 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 music was a huge part of why the movie was is one of my favorites of all of the Marvel movies, which I, I do enjoy them um, <clears throat> a good bit, and, uh, and and it's one of my favorites. It's one that I'll continue to watch. Like there's now that Endgame is coming on, I'll continue to watch Guardians solely. I mean the the music when you agree is fifty percent of the movie on top of oh for the, sure yeah. for sure and in in. in researching it looked like 
this was only this is one of the only Marvel movies that had a, a soundtrack that accompanied it. Um, we can kind of get into that later as far as like why movies choose to do that or not, but I thought it was a big part. Well, it definitely inspired Thor uh, Ragnarok. They used uh, Led Zeppelin. That was like there was like a huge resurgence and like kids liking Zeppelin because there's yeah. the final team. So I guess uh, I guess rather than the soundtrack, it has it was when I looked up favorite soundtracks, it was on all the lists because I, I think it it's known to be you know one of the greatest ones, especially for that for the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, what I other mean, what other songs were on that that soundtrack? Like, so, like I, like I said, I mean, uh, Jackson finds at the end, way back, uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell. I mean, it's that's one of the, one of the greatest love songs of all time. I, met. I, I, I don't know too many people who don't like it. Who else? Let's see here. Uh, Bowie, again, Moon Age Daydream. Uh, let's see. These are all feel good songs, so like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember here. Um, but uh, let's see, ch- 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 Cherry Bomb. That was a fun one too. Uh, Cherry Bomb's The Runaways. It's kind of like a like a uh, late '80s feminist punk group. Uh, they yeah. just like pretty pretty cool uh, how they uh, you know brought it in his backstory. I mean, uh, Star Lord's backstory is he gets taken from Earth in the '80s and he only has that one tape, and it's and it, that's the soundtrack for the first movie. And then he opens up the his mom's present that he hasn't for a long time, and uh, it's the soundtrack to the second movie, which is real good too. But the first one is just like is is absolutely one of my favorites. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll be got for time there. We're we're done on time, so we'll, we'll move to my fourth. You gotta let me know. I, I was yeah. Well, you can't see it from behind the scenes, but I was showing you. Um, yeah, I was in, I was in a, I was in a little hole there. I was looking off into the dog. When you space. when you go, I'm gonna. I just let you go, homie. That's where the gold. <laughs> that's where the gold happens. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, go ahead, you. All right. Um, so my fourth. Four, is, yeah. My fourth is um, from the soundtrack from the movie yesterday. So the movie where um, uh, something happens on Earth where everyone on Earth experiences a memory loss of the Beatles. And the Beatles just don't exist in this in this universe, except for one person knows the Beatles, and it's this. Uh, uh, I think he's Pakistani or or uh, Eastern Eastern descent. Um, you know, struggling artist who remembers all these Beatles songs and makes them for himself. Anyways, he's he is really good at just redoing a bunch of the of the Beatles favorites. Um, I watched this movie uh, coming home from, I believe it was it was Ireland, and it just it just reminded me how much I loved the Beatles. I hadn't listened to like a, a Beatles albums in a couple of years, or like really listened, and that nostalgia just came back. The movie was actually really good, and there's one there's one scene in particular with him and Ed Sheeran who are kind of touring together, or like you know mu- musical geniuses together. They they have this competition at some party. Ed Sheeran says, you know, just to prove that you're that you're that good, why don't you go backstage, write it for 10 minutes, write a song, I'll come out in 10 minutes and, and we'll we'll play the songs and we can decide who's the best. And he comes out and plays Long and Winding Road, uh, the Paul McCartney tune. And it just like hit me, like every single song that, that it just reminded me how much I love the Beatles and it's a rendition on, on all their hits. Um, so 
kind of a covers uh, soundtrack, but definitely got to no, take that, got to take a nostalgic yeah, I mean, walk. I, I tampered with, I, I played with a lot of like you know specific bands doing you know the cover of, like almost like biopics, like something like The Doors or something. But I, I, I stray away from that. But I, I think this is a cool pick because they're original renditions, and that's what's so important. Yeah. Uh, this isn't, of course, the first Beatles movie with new renditions. No, you're right. So this might be a little bit recent, recency biasy because I just saw it within the last year. But it was. It, it, it's my favorite. Like, it hit me at a time where I not forgot about the Beatles, but just wasn't listening to them as, as frequently as I usually do. And then that just got me on a huge Spotify kick after that. So, all right. If you, I mean, if, you, that, if you heard the timer in the back, we're moving on to number three for you. We, and Don, I can see you shaking your head. We'll come back. If we want to cut, talk about well, any of these, we'll come I, back. I shake my hand because I couldn't hear the timer. All right. It's, I shake my hand and, and smiling because I could just go on the two-minute timer if so necessary. Because I could just go on for days. Shut up, Tim. Okay, number three <laughs> is uh, in, uh, Into the Wild, Eddie Vedder. Oh, so, so that, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so Phil and I, you know, that's that's one I feel like that is on a lot of, maybe on a lot of people's mind, just because the indeed, I'm I'm a Pearl Jam fan, um, and I learned to be through my my best buddy Owen, one of my best buddies, uh, and uh, it, it not only is this one of my favorite movies, like Emil Hirsch uh, did a really good job in terms of portraying Alexander Supertramp, as I mentioned before in an earlier podcast. It's a great parable. Um, at the end, he says, "You know, happiness isn't isn't you know uh, achievable unless shared." Which I thought, you know, is a really cool life. So, do you think that, like Eddie Vedder, do you think he read the script and was inspired by it, or? Well, this is of course a classic. Uh, it's a book um, written by uh, Jack Krakauer. Or, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, yeah, Jack Krakauer. So, yeah, so speak to the Eddie Vedder part, because I thought this was a really unique choice as soon as I heard it, and I saw it on a lot of lists, um, but, you know, Eddie Vedder is, what, is, he's the only artist on the soundtrack, right? He writes the entire thing, and so Eddie Vedder is known, of course, you know, Pearl Jam is a grunge band, uh, rock and roll, uh, for sure, but uh, in this, in this uh, entire movie, and so not only, it's the score to the movie as well, that's important. Uh, so not only is it a soundtrack, but it's a score with songs that are marketable for singles. And it shows off his ability to be a folk artist, because uh, he tons of mandolin, um, tons of, you know, uh, pretty sure you use some slide guitar and stuff and some, um, you know, some steel guitar. But it's just, you know, it's a really, and then there's a, there's a song when he's in the trailer park, too, that he sings with the girl from Twilight, Kristen Stewart. Um, that, that's not Eddie Vedder, but uh, anyways, the, uh, the Eddie Vedder soundtrack into the wild is like super original, and for me personally, just uh, uh, it's one of my favorite stories, and just complimented it. I thought so well. Did you like the soundtrack or the movie better? Let's put it this way: I listen to the soundtrack often still, and I probably watch the movie once a year. Uh, so that's that's the thing about the soundtracks with movies. It's like, uh, man, like it's it's just such an I love like the movie complements it too. The soundtracks take their own life, and and I think a lot of these, some of these, um, and my top, my first, my top couple will discuss um, how soundtracks can 
move away from the movie that they're representing and become more popular than the movie itself. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I think my timer's up. So yeah. um, you're number three, Doug. All right. No, but I love, I love the Eddie Vedder pick and I'm, I go back and forth whether I think, you know, which is better. It, it, Cause it was almost like a bonus Eddie Vedder or is it almost like a bonus Pearl Jam release or Eddie Vedder release? It's, like, yeah, it's, it's beyond Pearl Jam, though. It really shows his yeah. as a musician. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you want a few cuts to go to, my favorites is No Ceiling. Um, the society is great. Um, and then I guess my third favorite would be Rise. Uh, but I get <laughs> those, the, the, again... Uh, no ceiling is, is really going to be one that I put on in the mornings to uh, just yeah. kind of get me my line, get, get me going, get me moving. So. Definitely. After this pod, after we record this, I'm going to go plug into that because I, I saw that on a lot of lists and I know you and I had talked about it before and it, I'm glad you included it. All right. So yeah. I'm, I'm breaking my own rules here. I'm on to my number three. Yep. Um, number three here for me is the soundtrack to the movie Drive. Starring uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Carrie Mulligan, not Michelle Williams. Though she looks a whole lot like Michelle Williams. I, I get those two actresses mixed up all the time. Yeah. So a few tracks off of that, just right off the top. The opening scene is, is a song called Night Call, um, which is awesome. I mean, I'm just going to say that. I feel like I'm on the Chris Farley show. Remember that? It was awesome. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. <laughs> so I can say that about every single one. So there's another song called Hero. Um, there's a song when um, Ryan Gosling's character realizes that Brian Cranston's dead and is seeking revenge called Oh My Love, where he puts on that rubber masks, rubber mask, almost like Jason or, or Mike, yeah, Mike Myers. Really, it's really creepy. And goes after him and kills him all to like this opera song, which I just loved. And then there's a scene at the beginning, too, where they're, he's the driver for a bank, a bank heist or like a, a robbery. And it's called... Yeah. Um, ticking of the clock it's part yes. of the, it's part of the score and oh dog absolutely I, I put that one on just to like again when I'm around the house sometimes I'll put that one on just just to kind of get you pumped up though. yeah yeah and it's it, really simple too it doesn't really the, the tempo doesn't really get raised up too much no to but there's but there's definitely tension in that scene because he's seemingly waiting for the, the second robber to come out for like like five minutes and you got that music in the background just kind of like all right let's go let's go he's yeah So I went, we went through that whole that whole album. And it's really like a pop synth ode. Uh, like the whole movie, like it's very '80s, like an ode to like cool '80s shit. Like yeah. it's, it's uh, neon lights and it's cool jackets. Yeah, it's it's filmed in LA, but it kind of has like the graphics around the movie are kind of like <laughs> Miami Miami Vice ish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for uh, sure. And for a movie too that doesn't have a ton of dialogue, especially with the main Ryan Gosling's main character. Like the music definitely fills in and kind of 
kind of sets the mood and enhances like the feelings that he's going through there. So there's the, the, the last song hero that I mentioned before, it almost feels like too, they're, they're listening to that as, as the um, Carrie Mulligan characters starting to fall for Ryan Gosling. It almost seems like she's singing that song. Like I can totally picture her singing that in their head as they're like driving down that LA aqueduct, you know, the scene. Yeah. And you know, they're spending time with the kids. So I just thought it really lined up real- really cool with the movie. Oh, it was awesome. But is that the same song that it, that plays when they're in the elevator before he's? No, that's a thing? that's a different one. That and that's, that's a good one too. I forgot about that one, but yeah, that's, that's intense. a great song. A great, I don't know the name of it. The the great song it plays, and then he literally he put he he kisses this girl for the first time. Beautiful scene, great music. The lighting's awesome. Comes out, and he literally he literally kicks this guy's skull in, like stomps his skull in. The movie like, definitely turns right at that point. It's oof. just like, okay, this guy's a killer. We're on a ride now. Let's go. All right. Yes. So, so number, my, my number two? Yep, your number two. My number two possibly had the most fun with this uh, is Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. <laughs> okay. Tell me about um, this. I, I Actually, I remember um, this. But go. So, all right. So these, in picking our five favorite albums, I had to think about ones that affected me as a as a kid. So I really, you know, Mission Impossible Two is also close. So we'll, we can maybe talk about that in a little bit. Um, but all these anyways, sequels. What's that? All these sequels for soundtracks. You'd never think that. I think it's a great. It's a random one, but it's a great one. Number two. But what oh what God. what so tracks anyways. are on there? So, anyways, lots of background. When you're a kid, we all had to buy CDs and. Certain songs would only come out with with movies. So there's a ton of songs that are on this. I was playing this morning for like many, uh, let's see, like Red, Red Man and, and Eminem, Off the Wall. Uh, let's see, Method Man, Even If. Uh, there's a song, okay, all right. If you are a soul, listen, if, you're, if you're a fan and you're a soul music fan, if you're listening and you're a soul music fan, check out the song. Just Friends by Music Soul Child. It is like, oh, it's just great soul music. And anyways, looking back on it, um, I, uh, I not only enjoyed the album, but it was in itself outside of the movie. So the movie's goofy and all that shit, but it was almost like Eddie Murphy, like a Dave Chappelle move, like Eddie Murphy got all of his like favorite rappers just on the soundtrack. Because, all right, so for instance... So the, the soundtrack, the first few, there's like Janet Jackson doesn't matter. Who's, who's Janet Jackson, who is in the movie. Yeah, who's in the movie, right. So that's her song, Doesn't Really Matter. Uh, that's a that's a catchy one. Jay-Z's in it with hip-hop. Anyways, um, but this, the, the latter half of the album has absolutely nothing to do with the movie at all. It's just straight up Eddie Murphy, like really solid rappers. Is that the timer? Yep, keep going though. Uh, really quick, really quick. So just really, just solid rappers and soul music. Real quick, they had Brian McKnight on it. They had Montel Jordan and JoJo Brown. So if those two guys are on anything like in the 90s, uh, well, this was 99, 2000. That was like soul classics. But uh, of course, R. Kelly is on the album mm-hmm. at the end, which, but, but for, 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 it's interesting outside of the movie, the last song is a goat. Sneak, is a sneak preview into LL Cool J's album, The Goat, which uh, 
Imagine That is on, which oh, I love that track. That shit out. Yeah. So, anyways, the, the last song is the seven minute sneak preview into a future LL Cool J <laughs> which, why the hell would that yeah. be on? I don't well, know. It makes no sense. But, anyways, this is how an album is outside of a movie, and how I I remember, for some reason, I remember being in Putts and Eddie's The Daily's Driveway and putting it, I don't know why, but I remember as a kid, it was an important album for me. I loved rap and soul, and a lot of my choices were close, like Straight of Compton was close as well, just because I love, anyways, so. Yeah, I, so, I, so I, I think that one too, I think some of it has to do with how successful the first movie is, and I think people didn't weren't sure exactly where Eddie Murphy's career was going, so they wanted to jump on, an, not that it was going bad, but like they wanted to jump on a, on some sort of truck or be a part of it, be a part of an Eddie, Eddie Murphy production. It's funny you chose the, the clumps too, because we were kind of joking on the Tropic Thunder podcast about Farty McGee or whatever, whatever Jack Black's spinoff was. So that one yeah. is a big showcase oh, for yeah. Eddie Murphy. Exactly. Like, Farty's, Fatty's part two is, is the clumps. <laughs> it is. It's like a spinoff. Yeah. Just to spit out uh, a couple more artists that are on this album, Eve is on this album. Yeah. Evie Eats from the Rough Riders. Uh, let's see, uh, DMX is on this album. Um, uh, uh, um, let's see, uh, this check out, check out the song Shorty 101, Get With Me, you'll remember that. Oh, the thong song with Cisco and Foxy Brown. Oh, is on you, buried the, you buried the lead, thong song. Thong song is in here, as well as uh, Cisco's group Drew Hill wrote a song for this. Is this a double album? There's so many tracks on this. No, I know, no, it's 16 songs, and they're all like all these artists all right. are worth talking about. And so, anyways, if you have Spotify, check it out. I mean, after this, I know I'm going right to Spotify and just plugging in all these lists. So, sorry, sorry. That, that sounds like it could have been your number one, and that that's that's kind of a, a dark horse pick, and to make it to number two. For a for like a comedic sequel, I think is pretty cool. All right, so Doc, you you keep going. We we keep recording. We go on and on here. Number two, my number two, is from the album, the soundtrack and movie Purple Rain by Prince. Nice. So this is uh, the movie itself is kind of a fictional depiction of Prince's childhood and comeuppance in Minneapolis uh, and him and the revolution basically just throughout the entire movie play that album songs like um, Purple Rain, When Doves Cry I Would Die For You, Let's Go Crazy are all on that and he, he performs them in such an eccentric way in the movie and they're just great songs, it's almost like a best of Prince like the early days Prince album cooked into a movie uh, a movie which I've seen recently which really holds up um, the love interest Apollonia is what she's doing with Prince just th- that part doesn't make sense because he's like this little uh, guy and like, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like the room with Tommy was that like Prince just made a movie yeah picked a hot chick yeah just, like, but it works it just works and like you could tell he's kind of like a you believe his character to be him, even though it's a little fiction, fictionized. Uh, does he? Uh, I, I, I haven't seen the movie in a little bit, but does he play basketball in the movie? At all? <laughs> him and the black. Him and the blouses. No. Is is he shooting any hoops at all? Or what about is he eating pancakes or serving pancakes? Pancakes and grapes. Yeah. 
So that <laughs> I actually watched the Charlie Murphy skit, uh, the Prince Charlie Murphy skit the other day on Chappelle's show. It's so good. So it's really good, and just the musical performances are just crazy. It gives you a sense of like kind of like the '80s club scene in Minneapolis, which I guess it was a thing. Uh, so it's it's just kind of it's a funny movie that holds up, and the soundtrack even holds up even. So the, dude, the dudes that look most like bitches were getting the most chicks. It's like. true. It's, it, it's, you got to watch that movie. For anyone who hasn't seen it, go back and watch it. He's just like this guy. He's, he's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, and he's on this motorcycle. He does not look badass, but for some reason you can't look away. So, All right. Yeah. We're to our number ones, dog. That was the timer there. We are at number one. Let me just reset the timer and drum roll for your number one. My number one is Superfly. Curtis Mayfield does the, so it's a, let's see, it's a soundtrack. Curtis Mayfield does the soundtrack for the movie Superfly, which was a, it was 1972. So obviously not a movie I grew up with, but Curtis Mayfield is one of my favorite funk artists of all time. And a lot of rap artists sample him and, uh, I can't remember, maybe it was, you know, early on, I think dad just told me, you know, being a bass player, I just love funk. And he So you're, you're going to have to school me on this one. Did he do the entire album? He did basically the entire album. Um, I think there's like a few, a few that he didn't do, but everybody, this, this was one of the first albums um, to go with movies back in the day. And talk about being an album outside of the movie, like, I had seen the movie before, and it's about a push man. Uh, it's called, his name is Youngblood, and uh, it's very, you know, 70s, uh, uh, you know, black almost kung fu style. Um, he's a pusher, and actually inspired a lot of, like, real life people to do it. Like, it was, yeah. it was, it, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, gritty for the time. It's, it sounds like a rich man's shaft, almost. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously Shaft is a great one that Isaac Hayes did. I yeah. actually listen to Isaac Hayes on the regular, uh, live at the Saratago. Uh, check that out. And Isaac Hayes is <laughs> dope. Uh, but Curtis Mayfield is an important person in funk and in rap and in music in general. Uh, Kanye used him, Dre hit samples him. Like he, uh, so anyways, songs to, to be aware of. Not only this, the title song, Superfly, um, but also Freddy's Dead, which, uh, you know, South Park made with Master P, Kenny's Dead, that was a fine one. Anyways, uh, Superfly, um, but what else? Let's see, uh, Pusher Man, um, I'm your mama, I'm your dad, I'm your dad, and James said the, the, the entire album is full of funky, just sweet, soulful stuff. And awesome. It's like... Yeah, I get. I gotta check it out, and I gotta watch that movie too. Uh, I mean, the movie is nothing to write home about, but like the, if you're a funk fan and you want to understand where some of your your rappers are getting their samples from, like he's an important person in music. There's got to be something just to a it. personal, just a personal favorite. Uh, the, the, uh, all his songs, again, for this album, are our personal favorite songs of mine. So it, the movie wasn't important necessarily to me. I mean, it is in that it gave him a platform to write about, but, uh, uh, you know, or a topic to write about, especially, uh, you know, being black in the, the early 70s in the, in, in the inner cities. Uh, no, I mean, did that, spe- did that speak to you, Doug? 
What's that? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> you know. You know how I... You know, growing up white in the 90s in Bedford, New Hampshire, you know, growing up... It's kind of the same thing. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to challenge you there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's one of my favorites. So what are you going to do? Uh, but again, it's my favorite because it's about the album. It's not about the... Uh, the movie necessarily. Uh, yeah. Kurt, I mean, Curtis Mayfield too. If you listen to a, a lot of modern day rap, I mean, there's not too many albums out there that don't at least have a sampling from him. Um, I'm not as uh, well versed or well read up on Curtis Mayfield as you, but I just remember in getting, buying CDs and opening up, you know, and seeing the samples that some of these rappers, um, you know, Jay-Z, Kanye, uh, I think even Busta did one with, with Curtis Mayfield in the back. Like his name was just everywhere. So it sounds like his talent. I got to go back and listen to this, this album. Cause it sounds like his talent just kind of shines through on this. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about him, honestly. And that is just such a cool scene, honestly. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, anyways, uh, so my, up. yeah, my, yeah. My number one, we're on to my number one. Number one. Yep. And I'm going to say that my number one is 8 Mile. The eight soundtrack mile. from 8 Mile. Yep. 8 Mile. 8 Mile, starring Eminem, Mackay Pfeiffer, bunch of Cheddar Bob. Like, it's not only is it one of my favorite movies of all time, it just has all these original tracks that Eminem, it almost was like he was saving his best stuff for this movie. Much like the Prince movie, it was a fictional uh, depiction or, or pick, you know, fictional story of him growing up in Detroit, um, and he's a rap battler. He's you know in a in a very urban area where he's one of the only white guys, so he's got to work that much harder to become a rap battler. Um, so some of the songs that are off that album is "Lose Yourself," the song Eight Mile" itself, "Rabbit Run," and then there's a bunch of um, contributions from Fifty Cent, Jay Z, Exhibit, who's in the movie. Nas, uh, it's just it's just really good. And Eminem, like Prince did, just really convinced me that this was his life. Like this is how it was growing up. Because I guess it's not too too different. But he's also showing off. Like he can act too. Like this, watching this movie and listening to this song, I'm thinking like, okay, is Eminem going to have like a second half of a career where he's an actor? But no, he just kind of. I think he's basically just in that. I, we talked about him being a, a cameo in other podcasts, but. This was basically his swan song as far as, or his, not swan song, what's the word? It's his showcase as him as an actor. Sure. Um, and he just raps. The one thing I have, the one beef that I have of, with this soundtrack is that the final rap battle is not on the soundtrack. Really? The one where he's, you know, telling off, uh, you know, uh, Free World and, yeah. you know, telling Lotto's t-shirt, I don't fit you. I wish that was on the soundtrack. It's not, but don't think that I don't YouTube that every single time uh, me and the Fairfield guys are getting ready to go out, especially Tommy Chomper. Shout out to Chom, Chom Nasty because he's, he's, he's our white B-Rabbit in our group. The B-Rabbit. Who's Cheddar Bob? Uh, probably Pags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those are fighting words right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pags. Love you. Love you, buddy. <laughs> He uh, I mean, Pax has never shot himself in the leg, but he's. So uh, that's one that I obviously had to consider when I talk. So I talk to people, uh, which you know, when we're doing the research, we're always like not only researching online but talking to everybody about it. Uh, um, and Eight Mile constantly comes up. 
Um, I think you were even talking about talking about transcending the movie. You in in high school used to what like your yeah that was our that was our pump up song um, for the, what sport was for it? football was for football. So it came out in like the summer of two thousand two, leading into our senior year, and we just in the locker room and then down near the field we'd always have the lose yourself pumping. Uh, his palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy. I can, we can, we both know the lyrics. We won't bore everyone with it here, but it's just you're so fired up because I don't know, it's just the beat in his story. It was, it was great. Um, spaghetti, you know. Spaghetti, yeah. spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> so much Chappelle reference today. It's so hard not to reference Chappelle show all the time, honestly. Um, but uh, so okay. Yeah. So just a quick recap before we kind of tie a bow on this because we're at the forty-minute mark right now. He was dope acting, by the way. And he just, was. He's so good. Incredible acting, actually. Okay, so recap. He was. I just. I kind of wish he did more, but the fact that no, he has this, it's kind of like okay. Now he can't. He can't make it any better. Or worse. He's just at the top right now. That's fine. All right. So I'm gonna go five to one. You do five to one as a recap. I had uh, the soundtrack from Collateral as my five, Yesterday, the Beatles movie, um, as uh, my four, Drive as my three, two was Purple Rain, and then number one, as we just talked about, was Eight Mile. What was yours again? Five five to one for the listeners? Five was Wedding Singer, uh, four was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, uh, three was Into the Wild, Eddie Vedder, and, and two, ah. Oh, Two is a Nutty Professor to the Clumps uh, compilation album. Yeah. And then number one was Curtis Mayfield did the whole album for Superfly. Nice. Uh, for the movie Superfly. Nice. Uh, no overlaps. I'm pretty pumped. I mean, you got to see my list beforehand, but I think we would have had different I think ones. We would have had, I don't think we would have had any overlaps. Yeah. Uh, eight, mile, eight Miles, like the, the dark night of the... Of yeah, the, I took uh, that. I had to. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's fine. You can have it. Um, so honorable mentions. Let's get into those. I mean, there was. I have a huge list here. I mean, the first two. I mean, couple of them you mentioned. The Into the Wild um, and the Wedding Wedding Singer were on mine. Uh, you want to run through your list or a couple? Speak to I, a couple I, of years. I had. I had. So this, you know, was we we were very specific with albums to go along with with uh, movies because this is it could go in a lot of different places because I have pages <laughs> pages of this stuff because um, we what all started was uh, my well first off listening to our old podcasts our, but a lot of people have been interacting with us and my buddy old bandmate uh, Zach Musgrave reached out and was like dude you should do something with like scores or like soundtracks or something so we also feel like last podcast was blockbusters blockbuster movies and we didn't even get to talk about I know. Uh, music going along well, with blockbusters so, as, a, as a marketing tool so i think that that's why we we're we got to do this as a two-parter because i could easily go another hour right now because there's so much more to talk about rather than just our favorite soundtracks as it when it comes to soundtracks and movies um so let's hold off let's get to your honorable mentions just to kind of wrap this one up and then look for part two for us to kind of dive a little bit deeper into history, the marketing and everything, because there's just, Tim's a music guy. Like there's, there's way too much stuff that we've got to go over. There's too much stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so real quick, but the one, 
that came to my mind, there was a couple that were really important for me for some reason to talk about was Godzilla soundtrack with P. Diddy. <laughs> P. Diddy's Come With Me. And then uh, Jimmy Page was, uh, did the, is basically Cashmere. Yeah. Uh, the Led Zeppelin song. Um, Wallflowers Wall is on that one. Who did a remake? Yeah, of, uh, yeah, they do Bowie. the Bowie song. Talking about another intro to Bowie. They do the Heroes. Um, I think Rage Against the Machine was also on that. Okay. Um, they they were on a bunch of, of soundtracks in the nineties. See, with our pre-research, I could have sworn you were going to have this one either at your number one or up there. You you really you you shocked me with the Curtis Mayfield the Superfly one. That, that was it. But we went with favorites, dog. I know. I know. I, so I hear really. you, but. Like, the way that you were talking in our research, I thought that this was definitely going to be on your list. And it sounded like you could do a podcast just about this movie and the soundtrack. So, I think we may also do a podcast with songs synonymous with uh, movies. But anyways, I'm just... Part two. We'll save that for part two. So, Godzilla, I mean, yeah, another intro to Bowie with Wallflowers. But the the Diddy song, at the time, he was Puff Daddy. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, with Jimmy Page, he in my eyes... Hear my call. Hear my. It's just like another pump up song with like, and, uh, and I'm pretty sure genuine <laughs> reference him in one of his songs too. To just like the Godzilla <laughs> call in the background, just like that is more of a bird call, but like I got you. Uh, I got you. You look more like Godzilla. I wish they had a visual for that, but yeah, I have. Well, we haven't been able to get haircuts in these uh, in these quarantine times. So. So, uh, yeah, I got the old fro going on. But it's almost like Bigger and McCracken from Kingpin and that, like, yeah. uh, my hair is not as thick as it used to be. Well, Anyways. Bigger was above the law, so maybe you can go out and get it. <laughs> He's finally above the law. Uh, so, anyways, Godzilla. Also, Batman Forever. Uh, good one. Good one. I have that here, too. Yep. Uh, Seal did uh, Kiss, Kiss like, from a Rose, uh, yeah. Uh, there was a few good ones in that. Um, but another really important one I wanted to talk about was Miss- Mission Impossible 2. That oh, I was so close to being my number five. So Mission Impossible 2, first one, was a really personal one for me because I love metal music. And it had everybody – it had had the ton of – like, like Nutty Professor 2, it had a bunch of senseless artists on it. It had nothing to do with the songs – or the songs had nothing to do with – with the 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 movie itself, it was just like like Foo Fighters were on there coming covering Pink Floyd cool. have a cigar. But anyways, but there the songs from Limp Bizkit, Metallica, Rob Zombie, um, Rage might have been on that one too. But uh, the, the, the 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 title tracks, I disappears Metallica. That got me into Metallica, which was a huge phase of mine. Yeah. And then I was a huge Limp Bizkit fan at the time, so Fred Durst doing. Yeah, he was big. Everybody in the world today. What's up the world today? It's one of the few Limp Bizkit songs that kind of holds up. Actually, I I still kind of listen back once in a while, but that one in particular, he he just does a cool version of the of the uh, Mission Impossible theme song. Yep. It kind of just reminds you of that era, too. All the good comes to bad, the bad comes to good, but now I live a life like I should. Like I should. But all the critics want to hit it. Oh my god. I've been having so much fun going back and listening to this stuff. Okay. Uh, Forrest, Forrest, oh, actually, before I get to that, similar movie, The Matrix was also, Good I can't one. believe yeah. it was on you. No, Doug, well, my, my list is going to be so short because Matrix is on there. Um, like you said, uh, what was what was the one? I'm sorry, not Godzilla, but the one that you said before that. Mission Impossible. Mission, Mission Impossible was on here. You know what I have too, and it's kind of corny, but it was a 
it was a good soundtrack. I remember Laura liked it when we were growing up a lot. It was the Grease soundtrack. Oh, Doug, that was one of the only VHSs we had up north. So maybe that's just a thing because I've just seen it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And then you listen back like 10 years later, it's kind of like, all right, that was fun. Olivia Newton-John and, and uh, John Travolta in their, in their primes. And the, the other one I had, real, real quick, the other one I had was Space Jam. Can't not mention, if you're listening to this you know, later down the road, right now there's a Michael Jordan documentary going on. That is just so captivating. I think much like with your clumps thing, your your Nutty Professor too. I think just if this was Jordan's showcase. This was Jordan's movie, so all the stars wanted to be on that one. Um, I mean, obviously the, the the hit title was "I Believe I Can Fly." R. Kelly, yeah. um, who did "Fly Like an Eagle"? Seal, Seal did "Fly Like an Eagle." <laughs> Seal. <laughs> there also, I, I I texted. I think I texted Phil this week with a frowning face that. They're now redoing Space Jam with LeBron. I know. Is, uh, well, so I'll give him a chance. I'll I'll watch it, but it's just anyways. He's just not Jordan. He's just not well, Jordan. Um, I on the Travolta topic is close. Difficult not to mention Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. The Bee Gees really difficult. Uh, turn me on to the Bee Gees. Um, the, and obviously we know some of the the, the main tracks, but. Um, more than a woman is one of the greatest love songs of that time. <laughs> Seriously, it's it, it, more than a woman, more than a woman to me. Doc, funk out. Oh my god, dude! That's the when they're dancing at the end, and they actually like Travolta gives the girl the respect she deserves. Anyways, hey, beautiful. Uh, we I, also, I think you just also, like Travolta in a in a bell bottoms in a one. One piece uh, disco suit. Listen, listen. If you don't like John Travolta in some of his movies, I don't care about him personally. The uh, guy, the guy can dance. He can sing. He can do it. It was he a good movie. Act. It was. He and he was just. He's just a rubber band in that movie too. He's just so, electric. So, so uh, quick. Another one. Tron. Uh, Great one. By Daft Punk. Also, they did the entire soundtrack for Tron. Very electric. Uh, yeah. Legacy. Tron Legacy. It was honestly. It was, Dope. Uh, I, uh, that on the same the same level, um, uh, the Chemical Brothers did Hannah. That was also. Really oh, special. I forgot that. I wish I had that. Oh, yeah. dog! Wow. Yeah, so that was, was more like they did the score on that one, right? Like so. These are all these were all movies. So did Daft Punk. The the entire score was the soundtrack. That's such know? a good one. The reason I went to go see Hannah. It was because of I heard that soundtrack and I heard that it was just a trip and it was I saw it in the theaters. But they the soundtrack sold me on that movie. Damn it! I wish I had that one on my list. That's such a good pull. Um, and well, what's her? What's the girl's name? I always forget it. She's just that Oscar grab. She was um, Kate Blanchett. No, it's Kate Blanchett, but the the little girl Hannah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know her name. Uh, Eric she's in she's in Brooklyn and Lady Bird. God. People are probably um, screaming. So real quick to but, go but, but, Doug, to your point, like, that that soundtrack was maybe one of the only soundtracks or scores that got me into the movie theater, so great call on that. Um, there, I mean, there's so, it's really hard. Honorable mentions. So, another, talk about Laura, uh, we saved the last dance, hip-hop, mm-hmm. dope movie, Julia Stiles, uh, she's great. Hardball was another one that was nostalgic for me. You don't know it, Keanu Reeves. Uh, it's inner city. Uh, it teaches inner city kids like in Chicago to play baseball. But anyways, it was like little bow wow and romance. Anyways, as a kid, it was like super relevant. Uh, 
Almost Famous was up oh, yeah. there. Yeah, that was on every list I saw, yep. Um, Belly with Tupac mm-hmm. was, was uh, and Nas was also up there with, uh, <laughs> and I thought it was worth mentioning all DMX's movies in the 90s, like Exit Wounds he did with like Seagal. Cradle to the Grave. Yeah, Cradle to the Grave, exactly. There's a and then and then like Too Fast, Too Furious was also another one. Yeah. With like where they introduced like Luda to the the sound the uh, the cast. L- Luda's almost more of an actor now because of that through Fast and the Furious than he is uh, a rapper anymore. All right, dog. So any last any last final final honorable mentions before we wrap up part one here? Yeah, it was it was. I mean, shit. I just have to read these off. Wild Wild West. Uh, dope Will Smith album that I honestly loved it. Wild West, Spice World, that thing you do with Tom Hanks. Great one. Uh, uh, Arm Armageddon, uh, and uh, uh, last but not least, Forrest Gump was really important to me and introduced yeah. me to a lot of movies in the late sixties and seventies. 70s showcase for sure. A lot of CCR in that one. A lot of like songs right around that that Vietnam time. That was another great one. So. All right, man. So obviously we have more to talk about. Going to stop it here. Um, thanks for listening to this one. We're going to pause for a little bit and have a little little something something Timmy cooked up to get you excited for part two. But dog, this last been three. Last three. The harder <laughs> they come. Shaft, Black Panther, Social Network. That's it. We got some more time to talk about them on part two. Right, so we'll see y'all over there. Enjoy Tim's thing. Hope you enjoyed this podcast, dog. Peace out. See you on the flip side. Love you guys. All right, bye. All right, bye. He's so mad that he won't give up that easy. No, he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so stagnant. He knows when he goes back to its mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab again. Yo, this whole rap said he better go capture this moment and hope it don't pass him. Lose yourself. Music, the moment you own it, you better never let it go. Only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Yourselves in the music, the moment you own it, you better never let go. One shot, not this chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime.
Fight myself. Mm.